To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. The Lauren Dickerson trial ended with a majority verdict of guilty of murder. We stand by, of course, for the sentence adjunct professor of law at Massey University, Chris Gelliven, back with us. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Is it true to say that murder is murder and therefore a sentence has to follow as per usual? In other words, she's going to jail for a long time. Yes. It's difficult to say murder is murder because uh, the laws in New Zealand around culpable homicide, murder and manslaughter, are a bit of a dog's breakfast, actually, Mike, and they're probably long overdue for a tidy up. Many people argue that we should go to a degrees of murder. But if anybody does a quick Google search and has a look at the Crimes Act, they can see that murder is defined over a number of provisions. Uh, and then you've got a whole lot of quirks. And some of those, um, in fact, some people have even called infanticide an acronym of the past. But you've got things like infanticide. You've got all sorts of different circumstances that can make up murder. Mm. Everything else that's culpable is, is, um, is manslaughter. Uh, and then you've got, of course, the age-old uh, defence that everybody knows, which is insanity. Exactly. So when it comes to sentencing, aggravating factors, will there be a lot of them in this particular case? Yeah, yeah, there will be. So as we may or may not know that it's life imprisonment, there's a presumption now these days for life imprisonment. It's not mandatory for Myrna, but it's, it's, she will get life imprisonment, uh, I dare say. Then the question comes down to the minimum non-parole period. So often when we have murder cases, there will be talk about years, and people might go, what on earth is that about? Haven't they got life imprisonment? She get life imprisonment. The question now comes about how long will it be before she's eligible for parole? The, the base level is 10 years, but there are a number of aggravating factors under the Sentencing Act that can bump that up, and she ticks the box of many of those, Mike. And I think we're probably looking at, you know, potentially up to 30 years of minimum non-parole period. Jeez. What chance of an appeal do you think? Oh, probably a high chance, I'm sorry to say, really sorry to say. And that's simply because of the complexity of this case um, and the fact that infanticide, which is a very rare, rare defence indeed, but also uh, insanity, which is a really complex defence, yeah. and the fact we've got a whole lot of competing uh, expertise. Uh, the chances of the judge, who's very, very good Judge Manda, but the chances of the judge of having potentially tripped up on any direction. Now, I'm not privy to that, and neither are you. Um, is, you know, that's a fairly good chance. We, we have, and that's where most appeals come from, so we'll have to wait and see. The two things that fascinated me most from afar was, one, we heard from experts who diametrically opposed each other. So how do you balance that? Second part of that question is, should it ever have been in front of a jury, given the complexity? Oh, look, that's a really good question, actually. There's uh, that latter question. Uh, and we do actually have a provision under our criminal procedure in New Zealand that if a case is too complex or if it's going to go too long, that it doesn't go before a jury. And we've got lots of cases, not just in murder, but sometimes that, that will be the situation. It's just really, um, you know, a battle of, of, of experts. The really difficult thing with insanity is it's melding um, psychiatric um, illness uh, expertise with uh, legal tests. And all of the words that are used are pretty anachronistic from the from the past. And so it's incredibly, um, you know, the, the, the experts can take it so far, but ultimately it's for the decider of fact. Some people have said this is exactly the type of case that should go before a jury because they inject some actual reality of what the person on the street would think was, um, was justice. And others are saying that, look, these are the very types of cases that shouldn't go to the jury. So, you know, there's really strong arguments either way. Appreciate your expertise as always, Chris. Chris Gillivan, adjunct professor of law at Massey University. 
For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6 a.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.